Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Allendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So let's go ahead and get started. The New York Times has an article centered around stopping myths about the vaccine and its relation to women, written by doctors from the Yale School of Medicine. Before we begin, we want to acknowledge that the huge toll of women have had to endure this past year in terms of career and home life. In addition, now some women are forced to be scared to take the vaccine because of rumors, that's right, rumors, insidious, terrible, horrible misinformation and rumors on the potential issues with fertility and nursing children. That does not exist. There is no data on this. Those are, even reading this story makes me cringe because that just doesn't even exist. But Okay, now early clinical trials did not include nursing moms or women that were pregnant, so we understand the hesitation, but many social media platforms have spread misinformation that the vaccine causes infertility. It doesn't because antibodies target both the coronavirus as well as a placental protein called syncytion-1. That's wrong. It does not. There's no notable similarity between the two proteins. The vaccine is designed specifically for the coronavirus spike. There is no there there. So doctors tested women who've had COVID-19, found no interaction between the antibodies from COVID and this protein that is on the placenta. There's also no evidence to suggest that recovered women have lost their fertility abilities, and many women have conceived children after having COVID and being vaccinated. So there. All right. That's real information. But my goodness, does this misinformation spread so much faster? Okay, what about breastfeeding? So with regards to breastfeeding, according to these doctors, women who get immunized both help the mother and the baby. So there is an advantage there. If a woman gets immunized, the idea is that the antibodies from the vaccine would pass to the baby through breast milk. If this happened, though unlikely, it would not be dangerous for the baby. The risks and benefits need to be assessed when deciding to get the vaccine. If a pregnant woman is unlikely to be exposed to coronavirus, then it seems practical to wait until after the delivery of the baby or until more at-risk people get immunized and we have more data. But in closing, other vaccines have been administered to pregnant women safely, and animal studies do not suggest that COVID vaccine would be any different. We also do know that pregnant women are at higher risk of contracting COVID-19, which poses potential threats to the health of the mother. So please don't underestimate the risk of COVID-19 and don't overestimate the risk of vaccines. Vaccination Startup Scandal in an NPR report, we learned about a group of college students looking to help with the pandemic. They began using their technical skills to make face shields and organizing a nonprofit called Philly Fighting COVID to open a testing site in a neighborhood without one. 
their leader, Andre Dorishin, wanted to expand vaccination for the city. His marketing plan involving vaccinating local celebrities to persuade their fans to do the same. Okay, fine. I do that to a certain degree with things here in New Orleans. And Dorsha wanted to build five mass sites and 20 smaller ones throughout the city, potentially vaccinating up to 1.5 million people. He also explained that his nonprofit could bill insurance companies for administering the vaccine. So Dorshan ended up making an informal deal with the Philadelphia Department of Public Health and registering his nonprofit as a vaccine provider with the CDC. They did not receive funds, but received unofficial sanction, publicity, and part of the city's vaccine allotment. The mayor was hopeful that this would tackle the inequity in vaccine distribution and that this nonprofit would diversify the vaccinated. But it did not. After the first vaccine event, the nonprofit allegedly lost all racial and ethnic data for patients blaming a glitch in their system. So WHYY reporters began investigating the organization and found that the group's logistics and promotion were actually not working. In December, they actually became a for-profit company, and other groups partnering with the group claimed to receive little or no notice for testing events, which hurt communities of color. In fact, at one point, the leader made a statement that he did not think testing was relevant anymore. Huh. Okay. Uh, And he made it clear he was not concerned with standard clinical protocols, ignoring technical questions about the vaccines. The organization also had scheduling issues. Anyone could sign up to be vaccinated, even if they weren't eligible. Many of their doses were canceled then upon arrival. Seniors were turned away because of booking errors. In fact, one volunteer said that the staffers told volunteers to call anyone to get the shot before they opened and saw Dorshan take a handful of vaccines and record cards with him in his bag, although Dorshan admitted to vaccinating just his girlfriend but nobody else. A few weeks later, the city's having nothing to do with this organization, causing confusion for many thousands of Philadelphians, and many were now worried about their personal medical information, especially since the company's new private policy allowed for them to sell patient data. What? The city had options for other partners, including the four major health systems, and the health commissioner claims that he should have been more careful. Yeah, I would imagine. And now several state lawmakers are calling for his resignation. Look, at this is a little bit of a, of a blame. Uh, I don't think the health commissioner needs to, to take the hit here. Certainly, this uh, group of college students started off with a very good idea uh, and wanted to do something with the pandemic. Then, of course, once they started to get a little bit more influence, uh, and then they became a a for-profit entity without really telling anybody. That's where everything really kind of went wrong here. And the bottom line is that these vaccines and vaccine distribution is not a game, and we need to get everybody vaccinated as soon as possible, and we definitely need to do it in the most equitable way possible. Let's swap out the candy for tests. The Washington Post has an interesting article on coronavirus testing vending machines in Oakland, California, especially at the airport. The tests are $149, but can be submitted for reimbursement for your insurance. Now, this could be a quick and effective way to prevent transmission while traveling. The aim of the company that created this method, Wellness for Humanity, was to find easier ways for people to get tested. The test is mainly for arrivals because it involves spitting in the tube and shipping it back to the lab at Wellness for Humanity so it can be tested. Now, the results usually come back in one to two days. Now, this means that it's not really being used as a prerequisite for flying, however. 
Now, COVID testing has hit a plateau, and both scientists and this company believe making a more visible option can encourage people to test. The company has also pre-ordered pickups near their office in Manhattan and can ship tests to you. Future plans include opening 25 vending machines in the next three weeks and 1,000 in the next month. There are some other cool technological advances to help detect or slow the spread of the virus. The first is a bio button that sticks to your chest and uses sensors to track different things such as temperature, heart rate, respiratory rate, and things like that. Now, some healthcare systems are using this, hopefully, to distinguish the symptoms of COVID-19. Now, another would be the AirPop Active Plus. Now, this is a mask that can track your workouts and air quality. It tells you if your breathing rate, the quality of the air you have, or if your mask filter needs to be changed. Honorable mentions of masks include self-disinfecting masks and a reusable mask with a bacterial filtration system that stills in the works. Now, vaccination campaigns have taken over the conversation, which isn't wrong, but there still is the need to focus on testing and slowing the transmission of the virus until we can reach herd immunity through the vaccines. Many airports have facilities for on-site testing, but incorporating vending machines can only help people find quicker and easier ways to get tested. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.